0: Hello, and welcome to our In The Zone podcast focusing on automation. I'm delighted to be joined by Jason Evans, a scientist at QSquared Solutions, who will discuss his experience of transitioning to automated platforms and the increase in throughput that can be achieved when using automated assays. So firstly, Jason, do you suggest that a lab goes full in on automation or transitions to automation over time?
1: So... If you're an existing lab with existing processes, I would say to transition over time. The reason for this is your existing processes when being moved to automated instrumentation will need to go through different instrument qualifications and other qualification processes to ensure that they run accurately and precisely on automated instruments. If you're building from the ground up, I would suggest going full in. There's lots of benefits to going full in on automation and not starting at the bench, so to speak. Going full in on automation means that you'll be saving a lot of time and money on processes. You'll be able to move your work forward more quickly and you won't need to go back and adapt old assays to automated instrumentation.
0: And thinking about assay transition, when do you take an assay from the bench to an automated platform?
1: Generally, once a method is developed, one of our LCMS methods, for example, when that method goes into method validation, we will take it from the bench to the automated workstations. So as a company with existing processes that we've moved towards automation, that change is gradual. It can be done anytime in validation when appropriate. So usually during the method validation, if we find it's an appropriate method, uh, solid phase extractions for us are really great on our automated instrumentation, as well as some sample analysis um, with anticoagulants that don't tend to clot. Those are great to aliquot on the automated Hamilton platforms. Generally, we do it a few weeks into validation.
0: And now if we focus on how to monitor errors, how do you monitor pipetting errors? For example, clog tips or empty samples?
1: I think this is one of the most frustrating items going from the bench to automated instrumentation, because as a wet lab scientist who's often working at the bench, I know that monitoring your pipette for clogs, watching the tips, making sure you don't get any boogers, as we call them in the wet lab, is really crucial and again, very frustrating. Sometimes you have to hunt around in your sample tube to get a good aliquot. With automated instrumentation, especially the Hamilton instruments though, they have a number of features that can prevent clots and also identify if they happen. So they have basic clot detection, for example, and that's a basic form of pressure monitoring in the pipetting chamber. What we like to use though is called total aspiration and dispense monitoring, also abbreviated as TATM. So TATM monitors the pressure in the pipetting chamber as the Hamilton pipettes aspirate and dispense. And so you can see the pressure curve as it aspirates sample, and then you can see the pressure curve as it dispenses sample. And if you have any outliers or any pressure that is out of tolerance, the system will then flag that for you and let you know you have a clogged tip.
0: And for those listeners who are thinking about transitioning to automation, how much experience do you need with programming to implement automated tools?
1: Coming into my wet lab approximately three years ago, I didn't have any experience in programming or using automated pipetting tools. Today, I think it's a really exciting time to be in the industry because not only are these technologies becoming much better focused and much more user-friendly and much more streamlined, but they're also much more accessible and prices are generally coming down. As far as experience working with basic liquid handlers, I would say you need a couple months of experience in programming, specifically with Hamilton instruments, maybe a few months programming in Venus, which is the programming language that Hamilton stars and starlets generally use. With a couple months of experience, you can then program most basic methods that your lab would need. And then for a lot of newer liquid handlers, especially the nanoliter, droplet liquid handlers like the Formulatrix Mantis and the Tecan D300E. These are quite easy to program and have excellent audit trails. For a lot of the newer technologies that are coming out, typically you only need a few days of experience in order to program these. For taking an entire assay though, especially complex bioanalytical assays like we see at our wet lab, I would suggest not only a couple months of experience, but for every project you put in, you need to undergo a rigorous validation to ensure that the programming does exactly what you need it to do. And to get those processes, those SOPs, and also the programming down generally takes more than a couple months. And that's an ongoing process, I would, I would say.
0: Great. Right. And you mentioned there that different tools are becoming more streamlined. Now, specifically, what should be captured in an audit trail?
1: When I first started working with Hamilton liquid handlers, um, the audit trail on the STAR instruments really captures everything. So for auditors, they can see the amount of liquid dispensed in every single well in a 96-well plate, for example. They can see what pipette channel was used for what dispense. And then if you're using total aspiration and dispense monitoring, you may also have pressure graphs that can be included for each sample. Typically, though, what should be captured in an audit trail is a list showing where every single aliquot was transferred to and also showing the actual operations that were performed. So for Hamilton Instruments, you can streamline these audit trails using some of the features in the programming language Venus to give you just those essential tips and those essential steps that need to be performed in the assay.
0: Now, if we look towards the future and the benefits of automation, how much did throughput increase when you automated your assays? We
1: used to heavily rely on TomTech instrumentation. And TomTechs are a really great small liquid handler that came out approximately 25, 30 years ago that automated solid phase extractions. TomTechs, though, are rather slow and they have a moving a moving slide sort of that holds all of your reagents and your plates. So you have a lot of liquid sloshing and a lot of really strange issues with TomTex occasionally. The throughput on those instruments was much higher than using inline SPE, for example, or column SPE. So we saw huge gains in efficiency, I believe, when moving solid phase extractions to the Tomtech. In the same way, the Hamilton gives us huge efficiencies over the TOMTEC. The Hamilton moves probably three or four times faster, at least. It can give you pressure monitoring and a lot of other features that really help you dial in assays to get better separations and more throughput. So moving from the TOMTEC to the Hamilton just for solid phase extractions we see anywhere from a 30 to 50% increase in uh, productivity. For automating sample aliquoting, we see something similar as well. If I'm aliquoting as quickly as I can at the bench as a wet lab scientist, I might, I might be able to keep up with the Hamilton instruments. However, they're equipped with an eight channel head or, or four channels or 12. With eight channels, The Hamilton can aliquot 500 to 1,000 samples in a single day. And I I certainly can't keep up with that throughput. So generally speaking, even with the more basic implementation of automated tools, especially the Hamilton platforms, we've seen anywhere from maybe a 20 to 40% increase in productivity.
0: And conversely, I guess now looking at the challenges, what are the hurdles you faced when automating your assays?
1: I think major hurdle for us has just been acceptance. So a lot of people, especially as they transition from the bench to the automated platforms, they trust their work at the bench. They've honed their skills for years, perhaps. They've learned what the troublesome areas are, especially working with human matrices or animal matrices, the clots we talked about earlier, things like that. They're not really certain whether or not these automated instruments can detect those types of issues. Additionally, I think a lot of people in our industry have had some cursory experience with Hamilton instruments or other automated liquid handling platforms, but they haven't had somebody who's dedicated to these platforms take them from point A to point B in their assays and fully automate those thoroughly. A lot of people have just had very brief experiences where they've tried it out and they find that the programming language is a little bit difficult to, to learn and adapt to. In the same vein, the learning curve for these instruments can be a little long, and I think it's becoming a lot better in our industry. A lot of the new tools that are coming out, they have great audit trails. They're very easy to program. Hamilton, for example, is coming out with new platforms that are much easier to assess your needs and then actually execute assays. But the learning curve for a lot of the slightly older platforms is perhaps a few months to understand the programming, and then a few months as well to implement operating procedures and all the same safeguards around the handling of those instruments. Another hurdle too is just using the new capabilities that these instruments are bringing. So Hamilton, for example, has released the MagPIP and the MagPIP can dispense nanoliter volumes. And a lot of other tools like the Formulatrix Mantis can dispense nanoliter volumes as well. And understanding how to implement those smaller volumes into your assays and get more bang for your buck and better miniaturize things. It's actually quite a process just to figure out how to put those into action. Another thing that we're seeing too is microsampling. And a lot of microsampling techniques like Neoteric's VAMS tips, you can automate on Hamilton instruments. Just understanding how those fit into your processes and getting together some standard operating procedures around how you'll handle those instances, that can take some time and some understanding from your bench scientists. Lastly, I'd say figuring out where automated instrumentation fits into your organizational strategy. That can be a bit of a hurdle. You can buy, say, for example, a $10,000 or $20,000 automated pipetting station. For example, Opentron sells a very small $5,000 automated pipetting station with a single pipetting channel. And a lot of people have found that these are very easy to use. With some programming expertise, you can implement them very quickly in your lab and they they can do great work. However, a lot of the more expensive automated instrumentation, like the Hamilton Stars or even the Vantages, those are very expensive. And it takes some time to understand where you can really gain insights and gain efficiencies from those tools. And just understanding where those fit in your organizational strategy and where you should literally spend your money can also be a hurdle that your organization faces.
0: Great. Well, thank you, Jason, for joining me today and for sharing your knowledge and experience about automation.
1: Thank you. And thank you for having me.
0: Thank you to our listeners. And remember, you can find more information at www.bioanalysis-zone.com.